Welcome to MSTAR students. We are glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MSTAR students. Now here's today's message. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Mike. I serve as the pastor for student ministries here with Morningstar Fellowship in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. We are so glad that you are joining us for tonight's teaching. Before we dive in, just a couple announcements and reminders here for you. First off, we will be doing another Google Hangouts uh, session tonight at 8.15. Listen, I encourage you after watching these, unless you're doing um, small groups with your parents, and I don't want to take away from that, but I really encourage you to dive in into these, excuse me, these Google Hangout meetings, great conversations happen, and you can ask me questions in regards to things that you may not uh, may not understand or you need clarification from, or even at times I will apologize if I have uh, taken something out of context that uh, shouldn't have been there. The other thing I want to talk about is that next. Thursday, uh, or not, I'm sorry, not next Thursday, tomorrow, tomorrow Thursday, um, I will be going live on our student ministry Instagram page. Uh, so last month, I told the students that um, we were going to do a question and answer session, and some of the students wrote questions, and I really appreciate some of your questions. I was able to read some of them, and some of them are very challenging, and some of them were also pretty funny. Uh, as well. And so tomorrow at 3.30 on the Morningstar Student Ministry Instagram page, I will be going live again at 3.30 p.m. tomorrow um, to answer some of the questions. And this is a great opportunity for you to ask any questions about God or the, the sermon series that we're going through or any of the struggles that you're dealing with uh, right now. And um, I will let you know moving forward whether that's something we're going to do once a week or every other week or once a month. Uh, but I just want to let you know tomorrow uh, we will be going live on Instagram at 3.30 p.m. Uh, to do a question and answer session. And so with that, uh, we are going to dive in today's teaching as we continue our series Exploring Mark. And we are now officially on chapter four in the book of Mark. And I'm really excited to talk about this parable of the sower uh, that Jesus is uh, going to be sharing with us here today. So before we begin, will you all join me in prayer? Father God, I just thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for every individual that is watching this teaching, Lord Jesus. And Father, tonight I just pray for your Holy Spirit to use me, God. I pray that it is your words and not my words that are spoken, Lord. I pray that everyone who is watching or listening to this, Lord, I pray that they have ears to hear and eyes that are open to your truth and to your word, Lord God, and we give you all praise and glory uh, through this unique time and what you're doing. While it's very easy to look at the storm of life, look at the storms that's happening, God, I pray that we can look at the blessings uh, that are coming from this as well. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are in week four. No, not week four. Week 12 or 13. We're in chapter four of our teaching. And last week we took a look um, in regards to uh, Jesus having conversations with the Pharisees in regarding to uh, resisting the Holy Spirit and what that looks like. Uh, and so today Jesus is going to again start teaching uh, near the Sea of Galilee uh, and start sharing a um, parable with those who are there. So if you will join me, I'll be in Mark chapter 4 
starting at verse 1. We're going to go to verse 20, and I'll be reading from the ESV version today. So again, I encourage you to have your Bible, have a Bible app ready to go during these teachings, uh, because on the notes that we give out, they don't necessarily have the scriptures on there, because I want you guys to be following along, opening up your Bible and seeing firsthand for for yourself uh, what the words in this book have to say. So again, Mark chapter 4, and we're starting at verse 1. And it reads as follows. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teachings, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear Satan immediately comes and when they hear the word, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the one who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no They have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the ground on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And so we see right here in these first twenty verses, Jesus shares the parable. And then Jesus explains the parable. And so I'm personally not going to take much time to explain the parable because I think Jesus does a fantastic job explaining it, and so I don't, want to, I don't want to overtake what God, our Messiah, does to explaining it. But one of the things that was really on my mind and something I, I kept praying and asking about, and I remember when I, I received it, like I, I literally screamed at my kitchen table, and I was like, huzzah and uh, eureka, and um, I was pretty excited about it. But one of the things that kept coming to me over and over was this good soil, this good soil, and, and talking about soil when the seeds are planted. And I'm like, okay, so I know 
Jesus here is talking that he is the sower and those that call on his name who proclaim to be disciples, we are sowers as well. Think about that for a minute. Jesus Christ, through his authority, has given us the strength to be sowers, to, to plant seeds, which are his word, the word of God, this Bible. I think that's pretty amazing that he gives us that authority. It's not by our own authority, but by his authority. Anyways, so we see the sowers. I understand the seeds, but what... What is this soil that he's talking about? And then it finally occurred to me that the soil that he's talking about is our hearts. It's our hearts, the, the soil of our hearts. And, and, and one of the, there were four things that I, I really took away as, I, as he's going through, like, hey, this is what will happen to the seed, this will happen to the seed. And, and to simplify a little bit more about the, the, the soil and our hearts, I feel like there are four attitudes that flow from our heart when it comes to hearing the word of God, just as Jesus talked about. So the four attitudes that come flowing from our hearts when it comes to the word of God. So the first one is an attitude of rejection. The first one is an attitude of rejection. So Jesus talked about here when uh, Someone heard, heard the word and it didn't fall on good soil. Satan literally came and, and took the seed away. And, and I think that happens when anyone who hears preaching, someone who's watching this tonight, everything that I, I, I may say tonight, you will, you'll reject. You'll probably reject everything that I say. And, and that's an attitude that comes, that's actually spoken about in Jeremiah 6 in verse 10 where it says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ears are uncircumcised. They cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord is to them an object of scorn. They take no pleasure in it. And so there are people when they hear the word of God, they're, they're ultimately going to Reject it, and so that's one of the one of the soils when it comes the attitude of our heart um, that comes out of it. The second attitude is an attitude of a fair weather man, an attitude of a fair weather man. And what what do I mean that by that? What I mean is that God, or I'm sorry, our attitudes when we hear about the word of God um, can become very joyful, and we're really excited. But then when a situation like COVID-19 going on, or even in our own personal lives, a situation happens, we, um, we tend to fall away. We're saying, hey, we'll be here for the good times with you, Jesus and God, and I believe in all the good things that happened to me. But when tribulation comes, or persecution even comes, people will decide to mock you for believing in the word of God, believing in scripture and its authorities. Like, ah, maybe, maybe I'll just fall back to the word or to the world's standards and, and not to what God has to say. And I, I think, I think one of the issues, and I think it's something that God is revealing to me more and more as we're taking, as we're in this time where we're more at home and I'm able to be in God's word and just slow down and consume what he is trying to speak. One of the things that I, I keep seeing over and over again is that God doesn't necessarily 
promise everything will be uh, sunshine and roses here on this earth? While does God, yes, say, like, I will provide things to get you through the day? Um, Will God bless those in ways that they haven't been blessed? Yeah, absolutely. There are things that my wife and I have been blessed in ways that others may not have been blessed. And there's ways people have been blessed on this earth in other ways that we necessarily haven't been blessed. But one of the things that I think we miss about the blessing of God is that Jesus may not necessarily be talking about all the blessings that will happen here on earth, but the blessings that will happen after we leave this earth. Because here's what John 15, uh, John 15, 18 through 19 has to say. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And so Jesus is making it pretty clear. Listen, when you decide to follow me, when you decide to be obedient and surrender to the scriptures, which we'll talk about a little bit more here shortly, the things of the world... The, the ideas of the world will not agree. They will actually despise you because they despised me. Because everything that Jesus taught has flipped culture upside down. Here's another thing from Romans 8, 18, where the Apostle Paul uh, is writing a letter to the Romans. Romans 8, 18, it says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so the Apostle Paul right here, he's saying, I consider that the sufferings of this present time. He doesn't say if you get sufferings. He he clearly says there will be sufferings during this present time. But our hope, we don't put our hope in the world. We don't put our hope in People, we don't put our hope in things of this world to get us through because ultimately they will all let us down. Our hope is to be anchored in Christ. We should be looking forward to the time of glory where we get to be with our Heavenly Father, where we get to glorify Him. And so, again, I, I, I'm, I want you to understand while I do believe that God will bless us from time to time here on this earth, that God will provide the things that we need on this earth to serve him and his purpose and his ministry and his kingdom. We cannot get into this mindset that, oh, well, everything's going to be jolly. Everything's going to be peaceful here on earth. I'm going to get all these blessings and I'm never going to experience tribulation or persecution or hard times. Nowhere in scripture does it talk about that. And if you've believed that, I'm sorry that you've been lied to. The context of the blessings that we need to recognize is that, yes, there are temporary blessings here, but the greater blessing is that we get to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ after this time here on earth. And so we should not have an attitude of, I'm only going to serve God when things are great. We should always have an attitude to serve God during the good times and our dark valleys. 
Number three, an attitude of selfishness. So we've talked about that. We can either have an attitude of rejection where people will just reject the word and have nothing to do with it. An attitude of fair weather, like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. But then when bad things come, I'm not going to have anything to do with you, God. You promised me blessings and security. And then number three, uh, an attitude of selfishness, an attitude of selfishness. And so when Jesus is talking about um, the thorns that are coming up, the, it's the desires of um, this earth, it's the desires of our hearts compared to the desires of God's will for us to serve him that choke, choke people out. And I think of, um, when I was putting this together, I think of actually the rich young ruler, uh, That story, for whatever reason, has been coming to my mind more and more recently. And I actually want us to turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17, where we see the story of the rich young man. And it says this. And he was setting out on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit? inherent eternal life. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. See, in the midst of um, the blessings that we may receive like this rich young man did, And while, yes, we will say, I will be for Christ, I am for Christ, we recognize here that, number one, the rich rich young man was prideful because he felt like, oh, I've kept all the commandments in check when in reality he didn't. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't Jesus. And the second thing is that he had an idol. The other idol was that uh, his idol was with money. And so when Jesus said, hey, you're right, you're doing these things, but I I want you to go do this. I want you to get rid of everything that you've had above me and then come follow me and give it away. He couldn't. He said, no, I, I, I treasure this more than I treasure your authority and your glory and your honor and your love for me. And we can get caught up in that too, you know. Um, I'll be honest with you, as someone who, who teaches the Word of God, one of the things um, I, I struggle with from time to time is um, knowing that I'm in the spotlight. You know, that people are looking at me and my wife uh, as setting the example. Um, while it's humbling, and I'm glad that we're in that opportunity to, to serve, um, it keeps us in check. We have to keep ourselves in check because it's very easy for me to, in, the, in, a, 
in a teaching like this or when we were here on Sundays and, or Wednesdays and we would gather and I can say, look at me, look how great I was, look how great I did everything and my desire to be this well-known, famous pastor. And I have to always be put in check and recognize it's by the grace of God that I get to do what I do. It's, get, it's by the love of God. He, praise God that he was able to, he's able to use a sinner like me to teach his word. This, again, everything about this, it, it should never point back about, look what Mike Kubis has done, or any pastor for that matter. It should always point back to what Jesus Christ has done. Look what God has done. We should never get into a competition like Paul said in Corinthians when the Corinthian church was like, oh, I'm following Apollos or I'm following Paul. And we see that today, unfortunately. Like, oh, I'm following this pastor. Well, I don't like what they said, so now I'm following this pastor. Last I checked, we're all following one person. And his name is Jesus. So, we can either have an attitude of rejection, we can have an attitude of a fair weather man, we can have an attitude of selfishness, selfish desires. And then the last one is an attitude of obedience. An attitude of obedience in which God um, was talking about that because we're obedient, when we surrender to God and to his word and what he is teaching and we say, yes, I give it all to you, I will abide by your authority. We see the crop. We see the harvest that can happen. And so I want us to turn to John 15, verses 5 through 9. And it says this, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And so when we are obedient to God, when we surrender our lives, our complete lives, totally to his authority and to his word, we will bear fruits. We will bear fruits that glorify him. Again, not glorify ourselves. Glorify him. We will look different compared to the world. And now I'm talking about these four different soils um, and, uh, or the four different attitudes of our hearts, I should say. Uh, and, and you may be thinking, okay, Mike, well, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? What, what is this attitude of my heart with these four attitudes? What does it have anything to do about my life or those that are around me? Um, well, the first one we need to, to understand is, well, what is my attitude? Before we think about anyone else, because it's very easy for us to read these scriptures and say, oh, I can think of this person. I can think of that person. This person doesn't do this. This person doesn't do that. Before we even go there, we need to check our attitudes. We need to check our hearts. We need to ask ourselves, okay, 
Am I, do I have an attitude of rejection to, to God's word? And, and here's the thing. Even as a follower of Christ, if you proclaim to be a Christian, I want to let you know that you can be in danger of having an attitude of rejection. Here's what I mean. You can read God's word, and maybe you've been there. I know I've been there. I've read things in God's word, and, I, and I'm all of a sudden put out a halt. I'm put out a halt, and I'm like, Whoa. And in my flesh, I don't like what I read. In my flesh, I don't know if I agree with what's going on. And so I have to make a choice in that moment. Do I reject it and believe, well, maybe God doesn't have full authority? Do I reject the idea? Or do I humbly come to him in prayer and wrestle it out like Jacob wrestled with God? And wrestle it out with God and ask God, God, can you just intervene here? Holy Spirit, can you give me the eyes to see, the eyes to hear, to under, the ears to hear and to understand? God, I, I may not under, I, I, I don't agree with this right now, but help me, teach me to understand, to surrender to this passage. And so even as someone who proclaims to be a Christian, we can have all four of these attitudes. Ultimately, our goal is to strive to have an attitude of obedience and surrender, but you can have an attitude of rejection. You're like, ah, that's one thing of Scripture I don't want. You can have an attitude of fair weather. Like right now, if you're proclaiming to be a Christian and you decide that you want to curse God out right now because of this COVID-19 and you want to blame God and everything like that, it's an attitude of a fair weather person. Or even an attitude of selfishness and desires. You know, you'd be like, you know what, God, I know you want me to do this, but I'm actually going to do this because I want to make sure I get the glory, I get the honor. Guys, it's never in our Christian walk, as I said a couple weeks ago, there's never been a point where this Bible is about us as humans. It's always about God. It's always about God being the hero. And so what is our attitude when it comes to reading the scriptures? And the second thing, for those who, who proclaim to be Christ followers, to spread the gospel message, who, who teach and preach or, or just have conversations about God's word, we need to recognize something that we, we will, when we will never know the hearts of a man, we'll never know the heart of a man. Only God knows the hearts of each person, each man. God is the only one that can, can judge the heart of a man. We need to recognize, though, that our examples and others' examples in life who proclaim to be Christ followers. I'm not talking right now about those who are uh, not Christians right now because they won't bear fruits of the Spirit. They won't. They, they, They don't want anything to do with God, so there's that. But if you're talking to someone who says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but their fruits don't show it, this is a warning flag for us to maybe have a conversation with our brothers or sisters. And, and you may be thinking right now, well, I'm getting ahead of myself actually here. But before we get to that point, I want us to f- turn to 1 John chapter 2, 4 through 6. 1 John tap, chapter 2, 4 through 6. And it says this, Whoever says, I know him, 
but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly love, the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And so you may be, you may be struggling with this right now as you're thinking, you're like, wait, are you saying because I don't do this or maybe I, I don't believe this? That, Mike, you're calling me a liar in, in regards to having God's word abide in me? I didn't call you a liar. God's word called you a liar. And if that makes you mad or upset, I'm not here to single anyone out particularly. I I don't know who's watching this. That's the Holy Spirit right now convicting you of your sin of like, hmm, maybe I haven't been walking the way that I, the way that Christ wants me to walk. But what does that look like? What is, what is the way, what is the fruits of the Spirit? And that is found in Galatians 5, Verses 22 to 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there are no law. And there's one thing, I agree, these are all these are all. Spru- uh, uh, fruits of the Spirit. One other thing I would add on to it, because John the Baptist talked about this early on in his ministry before Jesus came, and the first thing that Jesus talked about when he started his ministry is the fruit of repentance. A fruit of repentance, that repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the kingdom of God has come. What is this repentance? As I talked about last week, it's not so much a, a repentance of, hey God, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Repentance is a 180 saying, God, I know I've sinned. I need your help. God, can you teach me to not walk in that sin anymore, but to walk more like you. So let's go back to the fruits of the Spirit. Right now, maybe in in this time, you're struggling with patience. You're like, God, when are you just going to end this? Like, I want to be done and over with. I want to be with my friends. And we all do. But maybe maybe this is a time that God is teaching you to be more patient. Maybe this is a time where God wants to to reveal to your eyes, wow, maybe I don't have a lot of self-control in certain situations. Maybe I don't have a lot of joy. I'm just focusing on the negativity. Maybe I don't just love people right now, but maybe I, I don't actually love God. And, I, and one of the points I wanted to talk about, because I talked about, like, we can see the fruits of people and their examples in their lives when they say, yes, I'm following Christ. I proclaim to follow Christ. And we can see by their fruits. And if their fruits don't match up, you know, that allows us to have a conversation with our brothers and sisters. And you may be thinking right now, well, whoa, 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 Mike. Scriptures say, Jesus himself said, you shouldn't judge. Who are we to judge? Mike, aren't we, uh, don't we have grace? Isn't grace abound? And we have all this grace. And so we shouldn't judge others. We should just give them grace. Um, I agree. God gives us a lot of grace. He gives us a lot of mercy, things that we don't deserve, things that we haven't earned at all. I totally agree with you. 
But unfortunately, I think, and I don't think, I believe this whole misinterpretation of do not judge has really hindered us within the church. I'll say that again. Because of the misinterpretation of do not judge, I think it has hindered us within a church body across, well, I can't say across the world, but I will say in America, I believe, it has hindered us. Because here's what Jesus was talking about, and, those, and I encourage you, go read Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, where he, he has that conversation, and he's having that conversation with the Pharisees, and he's saying, listen, you're judging people for their sins, but the problem is you're committing the same sin. And he calls them out and says, you are acting hypocritical. When you call out someone for their sins, but you yourself will not address that same sin in your life or something even greater and not grieve over your own sins, but you want to make sure you're pointing out other people's sins, that is where Jesus is saying, who are you to judge? And I was actually, I'm reading this book. I encourage anyone who's a, a reader to, to read it. It's called The Most Misused Verses in the Bible. It's by Eric J. Uh, Bargerhuff. And I think I may, I, I apologize if I mispronounce it. Eric J. Bargerhuff, The Most Misused Verses in the Bible, Surprising way, Ways God's Word is Misunderstood. And I actually recently read something about the whole do not judge. And I just want to read with you this perspective of what, what he is saying here at the end. And he says this in the final chapter. It is my contention that the popular misuse of do not judge reveals just how far the discipline of sound biblical study has slipped in recent years. More than that, it sheds light on the state of our culture a culture that seeks to avoid accountability and responsibility for personal actions. This current trend and mentality runs counter to the teachings of Scripture, for the collective teaching of the Bible insists that those who are created in the image of God are morally responsible to God and to one another. So to use do not judge as a means of dismissing oneself from moral responsibility would be to interpret it in a way that pits it against the rest of Scripture. We should remember that all Scripture is God-breathed or inspired by the Holy Spirit, and as such, as such it is without error and never contradicts itself because God never contradicts himself. Therefore, it is always wise to interpret a given passage of Scripture by comparing it with the principles and teachings found elsewhere in Scripture. This provides a healthy check and balance and helps us avoid misinterpretations, logical inconsistencies, and, appro and inappropriate applications. Let me just summarize very briefly what was said there, that it is our responsibility to make sure we recognize our walk with the Lord. It is our responsibility, first and foremost, to make sure we do an inventory of our own hearts. Again, the four attitudes, rejection, fair weather, selfishness, and obedience. Do we have more of an obedient heart 
Are we having more of a rejection heart? Are we having more of a selfishness heart more than a, a heart of obedience and surrender? And when we take responsibility of our sins and our actions and take them to God, repent and ask for forgiveness and allow his Holy Spirit to transform our lives, we then have an obligation to hold those accountable who proclaim to be Christ followers as well. Yes, I, there is grace. Yes, there is mercy. But I, I, am, I will be the first, and the first to say personally that I think those have been abused, they have been misused, and we are seeing things happen, happening in churches that shouldn't be getting away with getting away with. We need to get back to the sound doctrines. We need to get back to the sound principles of what Jesus calls the church to be. I'll say it again. We need to get back to the sound principles of what Jesus Christ has called the church to be. So as we close tonight, I encourage you on this. I encourage you to take an inventory in your own life and ask yourself, do I, do I have an attitude of rejection? Do I have an attitude of just a fair weather, hey, I, I will only praise God when things are great, but in a storm, I, I won't even call on his name. Do I have an attitude of selfishness? Do I look at using God to gain my selfish desires? Or do I have an attitude of obedience and surrendering it all? Surrendering it all, not 99%, but giving all of my life to God. Surrendering to his word and to his authority. And if there are things that I am wrestling out, am I willing and allowing God to either show me what he wants to, to, to reveal to me, or am I putting faith in who he is and trusting in his sovereignty? Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord. God, I thank you again for every individual that is watching or listening to this. Father, may we look in our own lives before we even start comparing others, Lord God. May we look in our own lives and check our inventory, Lord check our hearts, check our attitudes. Does it flow of love, first and foremost, loving you and loving others that you, in the way that you've called us to love them, Lord? Or is it an attitude of rejection? Is it an attitude of selfish desires? Is it an attitude of sunshine and rainbows? God, you, while you promise to, to, to give us what we need each day, here on this earth, and there are times that you will bless us, Lord God. The bigger blessing that we can anticipate and look forward to is being in the glory of your presence, Lord God, where we can continue to just shout praise and joy to you, God. Father, I intercede and repent a sin for the entire church. I 
our sin of not putting you first. Putting idols before you, God. Putting ourselves before you, God. Father, I pray and ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your grace and mercy, Lord God. Teach us to get back to a way where we humbly come, humbly serve you, Father. I ask for your forgiveness as well, Lord Jesus, for misusing and even abusing your grace and mercy, Lord God. God, you're, you're the free gift of grace was not something as a way where we can cop out from being irresponsible. The gift of grace was to help us recognize our need for you more and to take responsibility for our actions and holding our brothers and sisters accountable as well. Oh, Father, I pray that we can get back to a point where we put your word, your truth, your authority above all things, Lord God. God, while we, we thank you for wisdom and insight that you've given through other men and women in regards to your scriptures, I think of the last uh, verse in Isaiah 2 where, where you say, don't put your trust in mere man for breath comes through their nostrils. And what you're saying is, listen, I've created man. I, I know everything about man. And you know that man in human nature, because of the sin curse, is wicked, is deceitful, is hurtful. But it's through your Holy Spirit, through your transformation, Lord Jesus, that we will see the church light up in a dark situation, Lord. It is when we truly surrender and be obedient to you and to your authority and holding ourselves accountable and holding others accountable as well for those who proclaim to be Christ followers. God, may our church no longer look more like the world, but may our church... I'm sorry, may your church look more like the way you called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, so thank you so much for watching tonight's teaching. Uh, if you guys have any questions or if you would like to get in contact with me, you can email me at mike at mstarqtown.org. Uh, and also as well, we are, again, we're going on our Google Hangouts at 8.15. That link is found in the description uh, here, either on Instagram TV, on YouTube, or even in the description of the audio links as well. So copy that link, put it in the web address, and we'll see you at 8.15 for some discussions. Take care, guys. We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search MSTAR Students Ministry. Have a great week, and we hope you join us again.